0: in part number three of God Chasers. So we've been in a series and we've been talking about how, that, how to live our lives in such a way that we are pursuing God and knowing that in our pursuit of God, God will bless us in ways never thought imaginable. In week one, we talked about cultivating a passion for God. And if we're going to be God Chasers, we have to have a passion for Him. <clears throat> so in that particular message, We kind of identified why it is that we don't have passion, and then we talked about how to cultivate it. That was the message in week number one. In week number two, which was last week, we talked about worship. Because we had to do that because God wants us to understand, if we're going to really be God chasers, that we were designed to worship Him. And so we talked in that message about the fact that man is always looking to worship something. And so we talked about how the worship then is not just a song or an activity that we do, but it is a lifestyle. It goes beyond our Sunday gathering. It's something that we do and live on a regular basis. And so today, I want to continue with our series, God Chasers, Part 3. I'm going to talk about Uh, forgetting what's behind. I'm talking about forgetting what's behind. As I think about this message, um, I think that all of us have things in our past uh, that we are not very proud of. Some of us have made poor choices. I guess we had a conversation with, with each other that we will find out that some of us have made some choices, some poor choices in life and choices that have led to uh, broken relationships, or at least strained relationships, uh, financial hardships, uh, some choices that has caused us to miss some opportunities. And perhaps you're uh, you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, man, if I had to do that all over again, I would do it differently. But some of us have gone beyond that. Some of us are at a place where we say, you know, it's like, we just can't let it go. You know, we just keep holding on to that thing like, <clears throat> man, what was I thinking? Why, why did I do this? How come I you know, I just can't seem to move ahead? Perhaps you're one who and you've known people like this who lost someone that was very, very dear to them. And obviously, as you know, death is a very devastating thing, uh, <clears throat> particularly as it relates to people that you care very deeply about. But there are some folks that are just kind of stuck there. They lost a loved one, and they're struggling, and they can't seem to, to break out of this, this, this funk, if you will, or these, of these negative feelings, and, and they, just keep, uh, they just can't seem to move ahead. And, and, and so what I want to talk about is how do we move past that and, and really the urgency that we all must have as it relates to our future. Because how many know that if you're living in your past, you cannot fully embrace your future? So, so let me put it to you this way. God wants us to learn from our past, but he don't want us to live there. Let me say that again. He wants us to learn from our past. But he don't want us to live there, and I, I oftentimes catch myself because you know sometimes, and we all we've all done it. We said, "Man, I remember how things used to be." How many of you ever find yourself doing that? You know what I mean, I, I remember how things was, and you kind of reminisce, and perhaps it was great, it was good. And the only problem with that is that you don't want to be so hung up into that that you can't see what's going on now, because how do you know God is working even now? And, and at some at some place, this now will be a past. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if we're stuck in our past, then we can't fully embrace what God is doing now. Uh, maybe you don't, don't remember this, or maybe you do remember this, but there's a script in the Bible. You remember how the, in the Old Testament, the old temp, the temple, the original temple that Solomon built was torn down. And then it came a point in time that the builders, they rebuilt the temple during the time of Ezra and all of that. And, and so when the new temple was erected, some of the folks who have saw the old temple, watch this now, they, they sit back and, and, and they're thinking about the old temple, and they start crying. They start, oh, man, I, I, I remember that old. I remember the old temple. Man, it was much And And, 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 and because they were stuck in the old, they could, not even, they could not even rejoice in what God was doing now. How many know that God is doing something in your life right now as you're sitting in that chair? God is working out some amazing things right there as you're sitting. And so, I want you to understand that God designed us to be a forward-moving people. Forward-moving people. Not stuck. If you think about every aspect of our lives, think about, for example, physically. The more that you sit down, the stats bear it out. The, more, uh, the, the, the less active you are, the more likely you are prone to sickness and disease. Am, am I right about it? But they, and they say, but the more active, the more you kind of get up and you kind of move around, generally speaking, the better off you would be. Because one of the things that we have discovered about God is that God is, how many know that God is a fresh God? God is, a, God is always doing something new. God is always evolving. I, you know, he's, always, he's always just bringing us in from, from glory to glory, from, I mean, from one place to another place. Everything about God is moving forward. And if you don't watch it, how many know that you can be so entrenched in your past and past mistakes and past failures that 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 when God moves, you don't even see it. Because you're because you, you have been bogged down with the cares of what it could have been, what it should have been and why I shouldn't have done that. But how many know that God didn't that God does not want you to camp there? God wants you to be free from the, 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 all the negative feelings of what the, and past decisions that you make, how I many know that he's ready to forgive? And, and you know what? And I, I always like to think of it this way. And if God don't have a problem with it, then why do you? See, sometimes, listen, church, I've come to find this out. That God will forgive us, but sometimes we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. There are some folks that are like, I mean, God has already wiped the slate clean. How many know that when he says that, that he's forgiven you, how many know it's forgiven? When he says that your that sins are removed and he's cast them away, how many know he has cast them away, then why are you still stuck there in regret and shame? You remember Adam, right? Think about it. Who went after Adam after Adam's sin. Who, who went after him? It was God. God came after Adam, and God says, because naturally when we make a bad choice, a lot of times, particularly we, we're believers, we're loving God, what, what, what's our normal natural response? Is to kind of hide, to kind of duck, and to kind of mm, feel sorry for ourselves, right? But God comes down, God, God hunts them down, and God said, Adam, where art thou? Now, if you know, if you're theologically uh, uh, Akron, you understand theology and orthodoxy. you understand that, that God knew exactly where Adam was. But what it was suggesting was that God wanted, God wanted to know and God was wanting Adam to know, Adam, I still love you. Don't run from me. Don't hide from me. Hey, just hey, just lift your hands and just acknowledge what you've done and I'll hear you. I'll make it right. And how many know God did provide some grace to them even after they sinned against them? But the point is, you see God always saying, get up. Where are you? Where are you? Come on back. How me you know that God is always saying, no matter where, how far you go, he's always saying, come on back. You remember Elijah, right? In the Bible, Elijah got to the point that Elijah was so upset and because he felt like that he was the only one, that nobody was following God, and nobody was doing right, and he felt all by himself. And it came upon time, God came down and said to Elijah, get up. Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah said, Lord, I'm the only one left. Nobody else loves you. God, you know, I just want to die. God said, get up, get up. I got work for you to do. David, you remember when David, he lost the battle at Ziglag. When when everybody else was crying, he lost all, he didn't lose the battle, but he lost all his family. All his family was taken captive and everybody else, all of his soldiers, and, and, and everybody cried and wept. But how do you know that David didn't get back his family? The Bible says that David recovered all. But let me tell you why David recovered all. David recovered all because he didn't sit there and waddle. And, you know, why do, why do I leave them? Could you imagine the guilt that some of them felt? Man, I, if I would have just been here, My family. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? But David said, no, I'm not going to sit here and wallow. I'm going to pray to my God and I'm going to fight and get it back. How many know we got to fight sometimes? You got to fight forward. This is what God has called us to do. Remember, Peter, Peter, you, Lord, I will never let you down. Lord, I will never, ever deny you. Everybody else will. But I will never, ever deny you. When the heat was put on Peter, Peter denied the Lord. But then what did Jesus say when he came back? And Peter, as you can imagine, still thinking, man, You know, I'm done. man. I'm going back fishing, man. I let the Lord down. And when the Lord saw Peter, what did he say to Peter? Peter, feed my lambs. Peter, feed my sheep. In other words, Jesus had let that thing go. And he told Peter, Peter, if you're going to embrace your future and what I have for you, Peter, you got to stop thinking about what happened in the past. How do you know Peter became one of our great apostles? Why? Because he didn't stay stuck where he was. He understood that God was with him. And so, church, if we're going to be true God chasers, then we got to leave the past behind. If we're going to be true God place, uh, uh, chasers, we cannot afford to be distracted by our past. Let me give you a couple of verses to kind of set this up. And then we're going to get back here to uh, Philippians chapter number three in the Apostle Paul. So in the book of Isaiah chapter forty three verses 18 to 19, if you want to turn there, the book of Isaiah, here God was uh, basically pronouncing the judgment that would come upon the children of Israel, that they would be carried away into Babylon, and you know the story, because of, you know, their disobedience to God, and and so God is kind of communicating to them judgment, but at the same time, he's letting them know, even though uh, you're going to be judged, uh, you know, I have your best interest at heart, how many know God whom God loves, he chasing. <laughs> so, so God is letting them. Even when God chasing us, church, how many know he's still good to us? Even when he gives us the spanking, he still have our best interests at heart. Everything God does is for our benefit. Y'all hear, y'all hear me? Everything he does is for our benefit, but for his what? Glory. Do you get it? It's for our benefit, but for his glory. So here in Isaiah chapter 43, I love this particular passage because I think it's generational. I think it touches on every generation. It gives us some insight into the mind of God and how he thinks and how he thinks about our lives and, 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 and the plans that he has for each and every one of us. But well, let's kind of look at this thing and, and see how God is communicating to the nation of Israel, knowing that they're going to go through some things. But here's what he says. Watch this. He says, do not remember the former things. See, see, do not remember. It does not mean to just simply forget it altogether. It, 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 he's really saying the context there is, is saying, don't let it hold you down. See, don't don't let it keep you stuck. Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the things of old. In other words, don't dwell there. Don't camp there. Because, you see, if you dwell there, if you camp there too long, you won't see what I'm doing. Watch this. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. See, His, see God wants to do a new, every time you turn around, God want to do something new. Y'all, 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 y'all not, y'all not getting this yet. It's, it's going to, somebody's going to catch this in a moment. He says, now watch this. He says, now behold. He then watch. He says, now I don't want you to dwell on the former stuff. He said, don't remember it. That's what he's saying. Forget about it. All right. Why? Because I'm doing a new thing. In other words, I'm about to rock your world. I'm about to bring you to a new dimension. I'm about to shift some things. Right now, I'm moving some things. I know it don't look like it right now. I know when you look at it with your naked eye, you see it in the natural. You're thinking to yourself, man, ain't nothing going to change. God said, don't do well there. In other words, he wants you looking forward. Because see what depression and all of that does is it keeps you what? Mm, Mmm, y'all with me? So he don't want you down. That's why the Bible, that's why Jesus said, don't worry about one thing. He said, because you ain't going to add nothing to your life. There is no value Oh somebody going to get this revelation. There is no value in worry. Zilch, zero. None. I challenge anybody to tell me what value do you find in worry? None. So he's telling the Israelites who had went through all that stuff that they had gone through and, and all and some of the pain and some of the good and, and a mixture of all that. And God was saying, listen, I know right now what you're going, what you've been through, what you're experiencing, but, but I don't want you to do well on that. I want you to look ahead. Everybody say look ahead. Yeah. See, I want you to understand that our God is a forward thinking God. Yeah. Oh, church, you got to get that in your spirit. See, God moves in seasons. He moves I mean, He moves when you're least expected. And, and, and he moves, he, move, he opens doors. When you, if, if, if you're sitting there and you're depressed and you're all messed up, you can't see what God is doing. That's why you got to always think forward. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? I feel, like I feel like y'all ain't getting it. He, he said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Something fresh. Something that you haven't seen before. I have not seen, ear have not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. He said, I'm going to do a new thing, but not only I'm going to do a new thing. He says, watch this. Shall it not spring forth? <laughs> In other words, here's what God is saying. God is letting us know, church, y'all can depend on me. <laughs> he said, look, it's going to happen because how me you know that God is not a man that he should lie? He, God is not, a, and he's saying, shall it not spring forth? In other words, he's saying, do you think I'm going to tell you something? Come on. Do you think I'm going to communicate something? Do you think that I'm not going to do what I said I'm going to do? How do you believe God today? said, shall it not spring forth? In other words, you can take it to the bank. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't want you to dwell on that stuff. I don't want you to think about it. Yeah, you might have liked some stuff out there. You might have hated some stuff out there. But right now, I need you looking ahead. Right where you're sitting right now, God needs you looking ahead. Because some of you right now, you're hindered. You can't embrace your future because you keep thinking, man, you keep being pulled back. And the devil, all the devil wants to do is keep you looking back. Y'all know that, right? Because the devil knows Jesus any man who's looking back and not uh, putting his hand to the plow and looking back and not fit for the kingdom. And, and, and He's not saying he don't, he don't want you. What he's simply saying is, in order for you to work the work and, and receive the full measure of what he wants to do, you got to let go of your past. you got to embrace the future. You can't be on, how many know your past can put you on lockdown? Oh, somebody's going to get free this morning in Jesus' name, whether in here or outside. Somebody's going to get free. Do not remember the old things. Don't remember the things of the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It shall spring forth. He said, now watch this. I will make a road in the wilderness. Oh, good God. See, rivers in the desert. See, wilderness is a place of nowhere. It represents a place with no targets, a place of nothingness. And sometimes when we, that's the way we feel, man, when we're going through it, man, and, and we get stuck in it. We just feel like, oh, man, nothing happening. I'm, not, I'm in this place of nothing. God is saying it is, it's in those moments, if your attitude is right, you're going to see a road. Uh, I'm going to make a way. And not only that, I'm going to get risers in the desert. If you keep looking, I'll, I'll, how many of you are still looking? How many of you are still believing? If you keep believing, you keep looking, you're going to look up one day and you're going to see Bam, there it is right there. Remember, who, 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 who was it? Uh, uh, Abraham, you remember? When he was about to slay Isaac, his son, he took him up to offer him up as a sacrifice. And, and, and what? And Abraham was in faith. Come on, church. And as long as Abraham was in faith, he was able to see the move of God. And, and uh, look, Abraham, all of a sudden, he looked up and he see a ram caught in the thicket. Y'all remember that? God had already provided. Oh, y'all, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? God had already made a way. He already made a way. He already had provision. For him. But watch this, church. I'm here to tell you right now, you're only going to get it when you're looking ahead. You're only going to get the move of God when you're watching ahead, when you're just not sitting back. And, 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 you know, I've learned even as a church, we can sit back and we can, oh, man, I remember when. And it's okay to reflect and say, man, that was a good time, but how many know you can't live that long? Because I remember when. How many know this would be a, a remember when moment right now? Right now. So what are you doing right now? What is God? The question is, what is God doing right now? How many know that he is a right now God? (laughs) Yes, sir. He's a right now God. So he was communicating. Get this now. He says, and and then we'll kind of tie this into how the Apostle Paul talked about this one phrase. And I'm going to highlight this phrase in a moment. But this this kind of ties into it. But, but the whole thing here in, in Isaiah chapter 43, everything that he's communicating to the Israelites, Israelites were all contingent upon, don't dwell on the former things. Forget about it. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. So watch. So, so when he was simply sending them, Because God knew that if they were dwelling on that, then what He was doing and what He was trying to do for the nation and to the nation, that they would miss it. It was contingent. And I believe that many of us, listen, church, God is in the blessing business. But a lot of people are missing their blessing simply because they're walking in darkness. But Pastor, what are you talking about? Because how many know something, living in the past can can blind you? Is this making sense to anybody? Living in the past can blind you. See, if you got a bad... If, if, so, so if you're in a relationship, right, and, um, and, and, and you're stuck on... Maybe you mistreated somebody in the past. Maybe the, the things didn't go right with that relationship. And all you can do every time you see is you're just full of uh, guilt and you're full of all the, the negative stuff. That we, and that's all you can think about. Every, time, if you, every, every conversation... You ever meet somebody like that and you know they're living in the past because every conversation leads back to where? That's how you know that's where they're living. And you're looking at them like, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't move. I can't, I can't make any progress because every time I talk to you, you keep telling me about what I, y'all hear me. What I did back then, all I can do is tell you, I'm, uh, y'all follow me. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying, church? How many know you can't change that? It's gone. <laughs> I like to put it this way: It's under the blood, <laughs> right? You can't change now. What you can't, but you got now. You know they, they used to have a song. How do you like me now? Back in the day, Kumo Some of y'all don't. I know I'm dating myself, and uh, some of you all don't know who Kumo is Some of y'all can go back home and look up Kumo D. But I think he said that, right, baby? You, you even know that because you're out there. Amen, in Jesus' name. I had to throw that up. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but y'all, y'all following me. And so you meet some of these folks, man, and, and every time you talk to them, you, can't, you know they're not doing well. because and, and, and my wife had an experience with somebody that was hating her for years. We didn't even know it. And they, if you talk to them, this happened 20, 30 years ago. 30, 35 years ago, but you sit down and have a conversation with it. Everybody else is progressing. Everybody, how many know with kids, how many know brothers and sisters have fights? Come on, church. And how many know, know you've grown up and that don't matter no more? You, they're still your brothers. You, there are some people still, my wife, there are some people that are still mad today. God, when you I was little. I, on. I'm, I am what I am today because when I was back in the day, this is what you, seriously? This is what you did to me, and, and I'm this way because of what you did to me. No, you're this way because you're living in the past and you're full of unforgiveness. Are, are y'all with me? So you get stuck, and it's like you're stuck in a time warp. Where everybody else moving and you're going, and in order for somebody to even have a, a glitter of understanding of where you are, they almost got to go back to where you are. Like, hold up, man. They still living in 1975. How many of you know, church, this is 2001? 18! <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all hear it on am saying, church. Oh, good God. So, so, so the Bible here, and God was communicating to the children of Israel, don't dwell on it. Don't think about it. I'm doing something new. That's the way God works. And I, and I come to understand this, church, that I'm learning now as I get older, because I'm not old in Jesus. I'm just getting older. And just like everybody in this room, you know the good thing, everybody in this room is getting older. Abigail, you're getting older. Everybody in this room. So, so, so this applies to everybody. And so I'm learning as I'm getting older to learn to appreciate the moment and learn to look for God in the now, because I don't want to miss my opportunity, I, I don't want to miss the joy of knowing him now, I don't want to miss what he's doing in my life today, Are y'all hear what I'm saying, church, I want to embrace it, I want to enjoy it, and so let's go here to Paul, so Paul, now watch this, now Paul gives us some examples, believe it or not, I'm almost done, this is, this is going to be quick, now watch, so Paul here in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12, first of all, you got to understand, before we read that particular verse again, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing, I'll just kind of Kind of go back and forth a little bit, kind of hit it and then come out of it. But Paul was a God chaser. I Man, you talking about somebody who was a God chaser. Man, Paul was it. I mean, this brother, he says here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 10. Do you have that verse? Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul says, and what? But what things were gained to me? These I've counted lost for Jesus. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Look at this church. He lost everything. Count it but rubbish. That I may what? Gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness. Which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him. I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. I want to be conformed to his death. How many know that is a perfect picture of a God chaser? That the only thing that mattered to Paul was Christ. Everything else, Paul had accolades, he had status, he had it all. He said, I counted all nothing. Paul said, All I want to do, all I want to do is know him. And Paul, Today, we read about the apostle Paul, we read read his epistles, we learn from them, we study from him, because he was a man that that, that had to, watch this, Paul had to let go of his own past. Because if Paul wouldn't have let go of his own past, Paul could have been stuck too, and we wouldn't be talking about Paul. Because how many know the one things we learn about God, that if God can't do it through you, he'll find somebody else to do it through. How many know God's going to do what he needs to do? He always does. God, he's going to find somebody that you follow what I'm saying. So my my thing is, why not us? Why not you? (laughs) Why not you? So watch this. So Paul said, what? he gave you some insight into this thing. Because now now as I read this, this actually, it it just gives comfort to my soul. You know, it just kind of tells me, uh, Pastor Gary, you're all right. You're all right. Yeah, you, you know, it's okay. You know, you've made your shared mistakes in life. But Paul did the same thing. Look what he says. Paul says that, well, he says now, he realized and embraced the fact that he was not a perfect man. Because look what he says in verse number 12. He says in verse number 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. So he starts right off by telling you he ain't perfect. Is anybody here perfect? Nah. See, I think sometimes we get in trouble relationally because we have an expectation that people are perfect. We were kind of talking about that this morning. We were having a conversation uh, here about this morning about people. People are not perfect. People are broken. That's why stuff is not right. And you know what? In case you didn't get the revelation, you're broken too. (laughs) You you follow what I'm saying? Paul says, now, not that I'm I'm perfect. He's clearly saying, look, I have my issues. Paul was very aware of the fact that I'm not a perfect man, and we read on it and and we look at the Apostle Paul, and we square him up with our lives. We said, man, this boy, Paul had it all together. Paul telling you right now, I ain't perfect. He's letting you know. He said, look, brother, I basically, in fact, Paul even tell us, he give give us a little insight. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 8 and 10 real quick. I'm going to give you two seconds to get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 8 and 10. Are you there? Look, something. Oh, she, there she goes. She 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 caught up, all right? Watch this. He says, Paul talking about himself. And look at this. Then last of all, he was seen by me also. Talking about Jesus was seen by him. He's talking about verses preceding how all the apostles saw the Lord. And then Paul says, you know what? Last of all, I was the last one who saw the Lord. And as by one, he's I was. Bluntly, he's, as by one born out of time. Verse nine. For look at this church. For I am least of the apostles. And you know what? Paul really believed that. Paul wasn't just saying that. He said, I'm least of the apostles, first lady. Who am I not? He said, what? Who am not worthy to be called an apostle? Now, why would he say that, brother? Why would he say? He said, I'm not worthy. Sister, why would he say? He said, I'm not even worthy. You don't have to tell me whether or not I'm worthy or not. You don't have to question. He said, I don't he asked me, I will tell you I'm not that in a bag of chips. I'm not even worthy. I don't even feel it myself. And, and why did he say, and why did he say that? He said, because I persecuted the church of God. Now you got to understand that Paul was one of those that were uh, all Christians. Paul was Paul was persecuting Christians. Paul was affirming, watch this church. And he was participating indirectly or indirectly in the death of other believers, those who were followers of Christ. So he had that hanging on his shoulders and he was very aware. He said, look, he said, so he's telling you right now. He said, look, not that I'm always, he said, I'm not, I'm not perfect. But let me go back to this first Corinthians verse 15, verse 18. He said, now for I'm the least of the apostles." verse number nine, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because by Paul. Because I persecuted the church of God. Because of what I did to the saints, man. I mean, I I, I hate that. I hate that I did it, you know. It was terrible what I did to them. Man, once I got revelation and I realized who Christ was, he had an opportunity. He could have right there, he could have said, you know what, I'm done. I ain't, I ain't going to try to do nothing. God, just kill me, take me out of here. I I, I can't do it. I can't because I, this guilt, man, for what I did now, I realize how stupid I was, how wrong I was. How can I do that? How Lord Jesus take me out? I can't. How do know if Paul would have stayed there, he could not have done what he did? But here's what Paul said. Y'all want to see. Y'all want to. Y'all want to hear. Here's what Paul said about himself in verse number ten of 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen. And I, and I like how he put it. Church, are y'all with me? Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. He said. But he said. Now look. He says he canceled the whole thing out. And this is what Paul tells you. I resolved that. I dealt with that. I'm free of that. He said. But by the but everybody say but but, but by the grace of God. Look at it. I am what I am. <laughs> Oh, good God. Paul said, look, but for the grace of God, he said, I know I messed up. I know I did bad. I understand all that. I made some bad choices. I made some bad mistakes. I shouldn't have did it. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I can't change the past, but here's what I'm going to do. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But his grace is going to work toward me. His grace uh, toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all.'" In other words, Paul said, I serve, I gave God everything I got. I he said, I put the past behind me, and I went for it. I ran for my future. I served God, and I was singly focused on serving him and fulfilling his will for my life. And Paul says, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Paul was saying, Here's what Paul was. Paul said, I am not going to let my past hold me down and I got good reasons." Has anybody murdered anybody? Has anybody participated in this room? Uh, maybe not. Don't, don't say anything. Just I shouldn't answer that question, ask that question. But you get what I'm saying, right? Paul was, that, Paul was that guy. And can you imagine, and that guy, God called in the ministry, Walter. Can you believe that? That guy. Is anybody with me? I mean, surely God could have found somebody else. And you, know, and you know Paul was thinking that surely there could have been somebody else. He didn't do that. But God chose that guy who persecuted. In fact, some of the other believers, when they saw Paul, they were like, this is dude, hold up, hold up. This dude going to minister to us? Do you know what? This guy got blood on his hands. Ain't no way God called him. You better watch your mouth. I'm going to tell you, God will call the most least likely. He'll call the people that are willing to serve him, who are willing to repent from their sin and give it all to him. And Paul was that guy. That guy. And Paul became one of the greatest apostles ever. And we he wrote a third of a New Testament. So Paul he tells us, he said, look at here, brother. He says, he says, and going back to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 15. Come on, run back there. He said, Not that I've already attained, I know that. Sister, I know a brother. You know, I got some issues. Does anybody here got issues? He said, oh, am I already perfect? So stop, listen. Stop trying to put perfection on people. Why are we expecting something that is impossible in this life with people? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? He said, now watch this. He says, not that I'm, I'm already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say press on. See, that's what you got to do. He said, look, I got to press. I got to press against all my negative emotions. I got to press against these negative feelings. I got to press against what other people are saying about me. I got to press against what my reputation. I got to press against all that because I can't do nothing else. But either I'm going to sink or swim, live or die. Which one is it? You Got to make up your mind. But Paul made it up, and Paul says, he said, look, brother, I'm not all, he said, said, I haven't, I messed up, I made some mistakes, I'm not perfect, but I'm pressing on. I got to do this, because if I'm going to get what God has for me, I can't stay and wallow in past stuff that I've done. I can't stay there, I can't help nobody else, I can't be a blessing to nobody if I'm stuck in the past. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Are you getting that, church? See, every God chaser realizes this, if you're a true God chaser. You realize that God has a call on your life. If you understand that, how many know that everybody on the planet has been given gifts and purpose? The, the, the problem is we got to discover it. You follow me on saying? See? There's a purpose in the plane, and people find and discover that when they get connected back to God. That's part of our job is to help people get connected back to God so that they can then now discover their purpose and why it is that God put them on the planet. How do know that God put you on the planet for a reason? Paul said, and Paul tells, he says, brother, he said that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus had laid hold of me. In other words, Paul got a revelation. He understood exactly what it was that God was calling him to do. And boy, when he got that revelation, boy, he was on with it. He said, now I'm going to lay hold. I'm going to pursue it. He said, I'm going to lay hold of the thing for which God called me or apprehended me to do. I'm going to be focused on that and I'm not going to stop until I get there. He emphasized, and then he goes on saying, look at this church. And here's what I, wanted, here's what I want here's this one point I want to get to. Paul said, I do not count, he said, I do not count myself, verse 13. I do not count myself, To have apprehended. I am there yet. But one thing I do. Y'all get that? One thing. Everybody say one thing. thing. He's about one thing I do. Even if it hurts. One thing I do. Even if they talk of one thing I do. Even if I had to battle with self-hitting. One thing I do. Paul says, that what? He said, above everything else. Now watch this, church. He says, there's this one, everybody say one thing. one thing. It's one thing. Paul said, there's one thing I do. All this stuff I got going on in my life, all the mistakes I've made, all the choices, the past decisions. All, he said, he said I, I realize I'm not perfect. I've done all that. But he said, here's, here's what I learned. If I want to do what God's called me to do, be what God's called me to be, he said, I got to do this one thing. I got to do this one. Paul said, this is the thing. He wants you to know that he, he, this stands out above everything else in that particular verse. Because he's telling, it stands out. He said, there's one thing, though, no, I do. He said, I figured out I'm not perfect. I have shortcomings, but there's one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. Oh, Paul got a revelation, didn't he? Paul said, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Because I will never be the man that God's called me to be. You will never be the woman that God's called you to be until you do it. Paul said, above everything else, you got to live in the moment. Because that's where God is. How many know what God did back then, He did back then. But how many know He's doing a new thing today? Are y'all with me, church? Y'all with me? Perhaps the reason why, see, we keep, the danger we keep reading about the old miracles, it's okay to read about them. But, but how many you know that God will do that today? If y'all hear me saying, God can do something. How many you know God can part another sea today? It may not be the Red Sea. It might be the Mediterranean. You follow what I'm saying? He, you know, it might be the Atlantic Ocean. You don't know what God. How many you know God is doing a new thing? That's what I'm trying to tell you, church. He's doing something new. And, and perhaps we got to develop faith for the now. We got, a lot of us got faith for what we read about in the past. How you, we read the Bible, we say, I believe that. I believe that. I believe it happened. Yeah, you believe it happened because it's written. It happened. We got faith for the past, but we got no faith for the present. We got no faith for the future. So we're stuck and we keep saying, man, God did it. I don't know if God will do it today. What do you mean you don't know? Uh, how many know He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever? Come on, church. Come on, he's he's still a miracle-working guy. Paul said, man, one thing, I forget those things which are behind. I'm not going to allow my past to determine my future. But he he didn't leave it there. He didn't just say that I'm forgetting those things which are behind. But but he said, after I forget the things which are behind, I reach. Everybody say reach. See, I'm reaching for something. See, in order to leave stuff behind, see, you got to reach for something else. Paul was saying, I'm reaching for something. In other words, in other words, I'm reaching for the future. Dude, that's about future right there. See, see, it's a new, I'm reaching for a, a new thing. I'm, I'm reaching for something fresh. I'm, I'm reaching for new opportunities. I'm, I'm pressing, I'm reaching for something fresh on today. I'm, I'm leaving that and I'm reaching for something else that God wants to do in my life. And Paul liked to call it the upward prize in Christ Jesus. So Paul was essentially saying is, I'm going to find what it is. I'm going to find my purpose and what God's called me to do. I'm going to find it in Jesus. So I got to stay tied to him. See, you got to stay tied to Jesus. If you're going to discover your purpose, you got to stay tied to Jesus. Because nobody knows your purpose more than Jesus does. And this is what we should tell our kids. This is what we should tell our grandkids. This is what we should tell our neighbor kids. you from the new generation. We are to tell the young generation, look, God, because how many know there's a lot of young people walking around talking about you know, me and my, we were having a conversation that day. son, what you gonna major in? What you gonna major in? See? Now they are thinking, and then they they, they look at see and this is this is this is a sadness, and, I, and this is sad. Because, we don't, because we, we don't have a relationship with God. And so we, so we basically had gotten it down to, this is how we determine what, what kids are going to major in. Or just, find, just pick out something that looks good that you like. Yeah, that sounds good. Try that. Mm-hmm. How many know that ain't purpose? No, no. We need to first discover your purpose. And then you fit that into your, y'all hear what I'm saying? If it don't fit into your purpose. So, and we tell our young people, you discover your purpose in Christ Jesus. See, that's what Paul said. I discovered my purpose in Christ Jesus. Because outside of that, you're hitting and you're missing. Now, I didn't realize this until I was my junior year in college. Because nobody ever told me this stuff. I just picked, a, I picked up something I thought, well, what can I pass in college? <laughs> so, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> that's how I picked my major. Are y'all with me? I picked a major. I want a major in Jesus' name where there's no math. because I, t- I don't want no math in Jesus' name. But how me know that's not how we, we're people of purpose. So we need to, we need to teach our kids and tell you, no, what, you get on your knees and ask God, what has he created you to do? What, are, what gifts has he put inside of you? Now we're talking. Now we're going to discover what it is. Paul said, man, I'm pressing into that. And then he, he ended by saying, verse 15, and let the mature person who have this kind of mindset. That's basically what he's saying. So if we're, if we're really understanding God and we're mature and we're growing, we understand, Paul was saying we got to have this kind of mindset. What kind of mindset that is? I got to forget what's behind me and I got to press. I got to reach for what God has called me to do. Our purpose is in Christ. And our purpose is, listen, our past we can look at and we can say thank God for the past. I learned a lot of lessons there, but you know, I got to go. I can't camp here with it. you. Know? Some of you got to go home and tell some friends, some loved ones, I love you, but you know what? That's over. You know, It's over. He, nothing going to change. She can't change it. He can't. Y'all follow what I'm saying? It's over. Reach. Everybody say reach. Reach, reach for the future because that's where we're going to find God. If we're going to be true God chasers, we got to leave the past behind. We got to reach for the future. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.